0: When Kimberly Giles found herself a single mom without a college degree years ago, she wondered what she could do to support herself. A sales job led her to the realization that she could market her own knowledge and experience as a life coach. Since then, Kim has become a master executive coach and the CEO and founder of Clarity Point International and 12 Shapes, Inc., two human development companies. She is a sought-after corporate speaker She co-hosts two podcasts and is the author of three books, and she writes a weekly syndicated column for KSL.com. Join me as we talk about Kim's career path, her coaching philosophy, and her advice for setting goals in 2021. Welcome Coach Kim. I am so delighted to have you on my podcast and you are an expert at podcasting so I really appreciate you sharing your skills with all of us today. Oh Andrea I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh you're so welcome. Um, To get us started could you introduce yourself to us?
1: Sure. So yeah in the in the Utah market I'm I'm probably most well known as coach Kim from KSL.com. I've been writing a weekly column for them for 11 years now. I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah.
0: That is amazing. I had no idea. That's how long you've been writing for them. I just recently discovered you on KSL.com and that's why I was um, interested in interviewing you. So I, did 't know it had been going on that long yeah
1: I have written an article every seven days for 11 years
0: <laughs> it's amazing it's crazy
1: we added it up and it was over five hundred and fifty articles over that that period of time so I'm, I'm known for that but I also own um, some local human development companies I have a, a coaching company that um, provides life coaching and executive coaching, but also certifies and trains people that want to be a life or executive coach. And I've been doing that for 20 years. This oh, wow. training coaches and helping people make a living, you know, helping others being a coach.
0: That is so great.
1: And then I've got another little business called the 12 Shapes. I don't know if you've seen anything about it, but it's... I
0: have, yeah. It's
1: a fun little business that kind of teaches people how to get along with each other.
0: So uh, this is, um, I initially wanted to interview you because of your column with KSL.com. But as I started looking into some of the other things that you do, I was really fascinated by those things too. So what I thought we could do in this interview is spend some time talking about your career path and then um, after that, we'll we'll jump ahead, and I will ask for your advice. Um, I'm especially interested in talking to you about goal setting and you know New Year's resolutions and how to do that in a meaningful, realistic way with the pandemic going on. That's my big question right now. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but to start, could you tell us uh, what led you to become an executive coach, and then to go ahead and start your own business?
1: Okay. So the interesting part of the story is that I never finished college. I ended up getting married after two years of college and moving to San Jose, California. And I was kind of always have been sort of entrepreneur, entrepreneurial. So I started my first business out there doing computer training And I did that for a few years until I started a family. And before long, I had four kids and I I was a stay-at-home mom. And so I didn't work for many years. And fast forward 15 years later, I find myself a single mom and no clue how I'm going to support myself and my children because I, I didn't have a degree and I really had no work experience. I hadn't even had a job because I ran my own business. And everything that I did in my, my short little business career was now obsolete because it was all in tech and you can't step out for 15 years and come back. (laughs) I had nothing. And the one thing I, I had gone through some rough times and I have spent, I had spent those 15 years reading and learning, reading books on psychology and trying to get myself and my life straight. So I had a lot of knowledge in that area. And I was also a really good speaker, always have done a lot of speaking. And so fortunately, I I fell into an opportunity to basically do sales training and kind of on stage, you know, teaching people how to sell. And and I did that for a little while with this company. And then they launched a coaching program and they said, if I was interested, I could try my hand at being a coach. And they had a program that they taught us to facilitate. And so I started doing it and I really found the the program wasn't helping the people, I I couldn't help them. And so I started drawing on my own knowledge and all the reading and research that I've done over the years. And I started developing some things I thought would work better. And they worked. And I would take them back to this company. And they they nicely told me they weren't interested in my innovation ideas. Uh, Mm. I was supposed to just use what they gave me. So after a little while, I decided to leave and put together this coaching process that I had in mind that I really felt was going to have an impact and, and help people more than anything else out there. And that took a lot of courage because I didn't know how I was going to get clients. And
0: I, I was really taking a risk. I would imagine that sounds like, especially for a single mom with probably not a lot of backup. That's a lot to take on. Yeah. It
1: was quite scary. But I started coaching this program and I did get really good results and people were thrilled with it. But the interesting thing is, is quickly I had other coaches come in and asking if they could use my program. Oh. And that's kind of where I fell into this idea that I could actually certify, train people and license the program that I'd created to these other coaches and then the crazy thing is I started having some therapists and social workers come and they wanted to license the program and use it. And I was blown away, but the the coaching process really is simple and easy and people can do it and it really changes their life. And so lots of people have been interested and, and that kind of has led to this clarity point coaching Academy and, training life coaches for 20 years. So,
0: so is the name of your company clarity point? It is. Okay. And you've written a book, right? You've also written a book about it. Yeah. I
1: wrote, well, I wrote a book called choosing clarity and it's really uh, a snapshot of what you learn in the coaching program. And, And I've found a lot of people can read the book and do the exercises in the book and, and get almost the same results. I think coaching is always a little better, but uh-huh. you get a lot from the book.
0: So the book is a great starting point if you're interested. Yeah. And I I want to have you tell us a little bit, um, just briefly, like the what your style of coaching is or what you offer in your coaching program, because um, maybe it's more than this. I'm sure it's more than this, but it seems just from the things I've read that you've written and listening to some of your podcasts that you have a theme in your coaching that a lot of our um, human behavior is motivated by either the fear of loss or the fear of failure. Is that right? Yeah.
1: This is what I noticed when I started coaching with this other company that all of my clients, if you looked at whatever problems they were having behind them, it was a fear problem that the fact that they didn't, they were afraid they might not be good enough and they suffered from that fear of failure and insecurity all the time, or we call it a fear of loss. It's really a feeling of not being safe. And I, I feel offended and mistreated a lot when I have a lot of fear of loss going on. Mm-hmm. Um, y- you could find one or both of those in play behind whatever relationship issues or problems at work. And if we could, figure out how to help somebody break free from those fears that we could actually solve all the problems in a really simple way and that's kind of what we've done with the coaching program it we we teach you how to change some of these beliefs because truly the fear that i might not be good enough it's a belief you have that you might that right. you might not be enough and it's something that that we really can change but there's There's foundational beliefs underneath that one that create it. And those are the ones that we have to change if you want to really eliminate that fear and finally feel like you're okay and good enough and really believe it.
0: So is this, did you come to this um, through your own life experience? Like this belief of the fear of loss and the fear of failure?
1: Yeah. You know I write about the two core fears all the time and I very rarely have anybody ask me where they came from. Honestly, it it was just like dawning realizations that hit me at at moments that it all, all the other things you can be afraid or stressed about could roll into just those two simple things. Mm. And if we, if we kept it that simple It's easy to recognize when you're out of sorts, you're, you're feeling out of balance today, which one is in play? Is this about Mm. me feeling not good enough or me not feeling safe right now or safe in the world? You'll know which one it is. And then we teach you exactly how to deal with that in the moment and get out so that you can have access to your love and show up as your best
0: self. And it's, it's simple once you learn the tricks. So I listened to uh, one of your podcasts um, that was um, put out in March of 2020 this year, and it was called the fear of loss uh, state that we are all in because of the pandemic. And I did feel like it was very interesting and helpful because we are all going through this collective experience. It might be affecting us differently. And so I've heard it said like, We're all, we're not all in the same boat, you know, but we're feeling the effects no matter what boat we're in. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. And I just, I did feel like there was a lot that spoke to me personally about those two core um, beliefs or fears, loss and failure. I think there's a lot to be learned from that. Do you, um, so did you do any kind of extra training aside from that? initial sales training that you did early on or was it more about coming up with your own program and then figuring out how to license? No it? I
1: did go through some coach training programs and and became a certified coach in a couple different programs before I created my own. Okay and do you
0: mind telling us which ones those um, were?
1: Well, it's been a long time one of them I can't even remember one of them was the six advisors um I can't remember what they called the other one.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. been like no, that's 25,
1: well, 26 years yes. ago.
0: And you've been, you've got your own. So that's what you've been yeah. doing. But, um, so you did get certified, certified in life coaching mm-hmm. from those different ones. And then did that help you set a pattern for what you wanted to do on your own? Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I guess it, a loose pattern, um, Mm-hmm. But the, the programs themselves are vastly different. Yeah. Mm. it I just came at it from a completely different approach.
0: So what do you feel like um, you offer with your program that maybe other life coaching programs don't have?
1: Okay. So a lot of life coaching programs teach you how to coach someone. And we do, too. We do coaching skills. We teach you question asking and listening and and. All, all kinds of coaching skills, but not every program actually is giving you a program to facilitate and teaching um, you what to coach and actually the the material, the homework, exactly what you're going to do with the clients. And it's yeah. actually a big protection to a coach to have a program. One of the things that's kind of been controversial about the career of being a coach is that there isn't a licensing board there. Anybody could just make up some business cards and call themselves a coach. And I've yes. been seeing on Facebook, these coaching, certify as a coach for $25. <laughs> what are they giving you for $25? What kind of coaching could, I mean, I don't know what they could possibly give you. Um, but that there's a danger of you accidentally practicing therapy without a license, if no, right? right, but if you have a program, you've been trained to facilitate. There's no question of that happening. You're you're staying within the scope of what your training is, and so that protects you as a coach. But the other thing, I spend a lot of time with my coaches on how to find and and I help them find the right niche for them in the market where they can really establish themselves as as an expert and build a following and be successful and get clients and how to do that. And most coaching schools, after the training's over, you're on your own. Um, I do training every month for all of my coaches forever for free. So Mm. it's just ongoing, a different level of
0: support to help them be successful. Right. So you continue to be a mentor that they can come back to? Yeah, I actually let
1: them email and text me 24-7 with questions or help. I'm I'm very invested in seeing this program get to as many people as
0: possible. And I, I need coaches who are going to be successful. Do you take on anyone as a coach or is there kind of an interviewing process?
1: Um, there is a little bit of an interviewing process and I'll tell you why. Um. First of all, I want to make sure that that the coach is somebody who will have the credibility that others will really come to them for advice.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um. So that I I know I'm setting you up for success. But the other thing that I look for is a lot of people want to be a coach because they want to share all their great advice and tell people what they know, and that actually doesn't really serve the client. Um, My coaching program is really about the client and we want to empower you to find your answers. We don't want to tell you what we think your answers would be. That's so presumptuous and you're the only one entitled to those answers. We're not. So, so I really want people who are, are going to be better question askers than talkers, I guess. I would say mm. people who don't want to just show off everything they know but actually will will be able to support a client in discovering all the their the answers and the things they need for themselves. So it's a little different
0: approach. I was going to Yeah, I was going to ask you what skills you think are important for the job that you do and for what your coaches do, but it sounds like you've just said that it's something where if you can be a a good listener and not just talk all the time. Yeah.
1: If, if you really like to hear yourself talk and tell your stories, you, it might not be the right profession for you (laughs) (laughs) though. We get a lot of people who are like that, that want to be coaches, but, but I really love coaches that are confident, but yet humble enough to know that this isn't about them. It's about the client and, and the, this, you know, you may have a great story to tell, but that really may not serve the client in this moment. It may be way more powerful to ask questions and help the client find the answer on their own. And yeah, so so I like coaches that are a little humble to some degree too.
0: So one thing that I have um, considered and kind of come to just in the last little while, I think there's a lot of options for people right now who are experiencing relationship difficulties or family problems or whatever. And it's a little bit confusing to know who should I go to for help? Should I go see a therapist? Should I go to my family doctor? Should I go to a, a life coach or should I go to a clinical psychologist? Like there's so many options. What would you tell someone who is looking to improve their life and, and their situation, but they don't know where to go.
1: Well, okay. So first of all, you've got
0: to find
1: somebody that you connect with that you you in, like and you like spending time with um, and and someone whose approach resonates with you. And that's kind of going to be different for everybody. I'm, I've got some friends that are incredible marriage and family therapists, um, but I hear from a lot of people if the problems don't involve addiction or mental illness or, or anything along those lines that coaching might be a better solution, just because it's more focused on giving you skills and tools fast to start helping you make Mm. changes in behavior quickly. Um, Where therapy is more, takes more time to kind of unpack things and, and look at the past a little bit more so than coaching does. Um, I just find we are all about as quickly as possible, giving you new skills and tools to
0: make changes quickly. So let me um, jump back a little bit. You've got the coaching business, but then you've also got your weekly column with KSL. Can you tell me how that came about?
1: Okay, so this is kind of funny. Um, I had just started my own coaching practice, Well, I guess I'd been doing it a little while and Good Morning America announced that they were doing this reality TV contest uh, to find the top advice gurus in the country. And I had a client who brought it to me and said, you ought to apply for this. You, You have the best advice. And I thought, okay, sure, I'll fill the thing out. And you had to give your best advice on a couple different issues, whatever. And then I heard they had 15,000 people apply. <laughs> oh <my laughs> so I just wrote it off. Like that's never going to happen. Right. And a couple months later, I get this call from a producer of Good Morning America in New York, and I'm like that's what? amazing. Yeah, and I had I had made it into this <laughs> contest and so we did a bunch of on-air things where they would give us a a problem and you'd have to off the cuff, just give your best advice, just like that. Anyway, I, I knew I probably would not end up winning, but I decided to go to the local news stations in Utah and say, hey, you've got this local mom who's on this Good Morning America thing, you should do a story about me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I called
1: them to to get that to happen. Anyway, a, a couple of them, you know, did a story or a show with me. And um, I, I formed some relationships at those stations. And so I started pitching ideas for other segments, like I could come on your show and talk about this or that. And um, I st- actually did about a year and a half for ABC Four morning news, I used to come on and talk about my advice on all kinds of different things. Every, every week. On Channel Four, and then I started doing some articles for KSL, and I kept asking them, "Why don't you? Would you ever consider letting me do an advice column? Because people really like that. They like to be able to write in and be involved, and you know, have their question in the news." And um, I bugged them about it for a while before they decided to give me a shot at it. And and the thing I want everybody to hear is, they did not call me. None of these, none of these things came to me. I had to go ask and bug them and bug them and bug them before they finally let me do it.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say is that you didn't wait around for, you know, them to knock on your door, give you a call. You were constantly pitching ideas. Yeah,
1: that's kind of what it takes. And You, you, you always, you never know what you could get if you didn't ask. So you have to just be brave and kind of go for
0: it. I love that. So um, just some kind of basic, really um, basic ideas or basic questions. Is this a, is this a full-time job for you? Is this a, a flexible job with your family? You say that you have children, like, Does this job work for you with your family? It has been the best job for me
1: as a single mom. Um, I have always worked from home and I've had a flexible, you know, I'm in control of my schedule so I can book it up while the kids are at school and and be done when they get off. And I'm in control of my life. So I've had so much freedom, um, but I have had to hustle because I have not had a paycheck that I could depend on coming every month right and so yeah you've got to be a go-getter and out hitting the streets meeting people and and looking for opportunities now I've built my business so I do get a lot of business from KSL I've also always done a lot mm-hmm. of speaking and I when I started out I would speak to any group anywhere anytime any place for free I just If you need somebody, I I will come and speak and gave me a lot of great experience and practice. So I became a better and better speaker. And any time that I got a chance to speak to a group, I would, I would meet someone who was interested in coaching. So, Hmm. I mean, it was, it was really beating the streets for a long time. And now, you know, I've been doing it for so long. I get paid to come speak at big events. And that's incredible, but you had to start somewhere. And it was like, I'll speak at a truck stop to a bunch of network marketers. (laughs) If that's what you would let me do,
0: just whatever. (laughs) And do you feel like this is a business that you can support a family on comfortably? I do,
1: but you're going to have to work hard at it. It's, you know, right. um, I've got a lot of part-time coaches I've got a few that have been willing to put this kind of work into it that are, are doing great and supporting a family from it. Um, But it, it doesn't happen overnight. You have to put in your dues and you have to be willing to do the work, but it's the best career in the world. It's so rewarding. I can't tell you, I get, I every once in a while I'll get an email from somebody that I coached 10, 15 years ago and and telling me they still, their life is in a totally different direction than it, it would have been. And they know that, you know, this program created that change and it's just the most rewarding thing in the world. Have you ever made,
0: this is maybe, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I, I wonder if you've ever made a career mistake and one that you regret, but you learned from. Hmm. That's
1: a good question.
0: Because, you know, I think we all, we all make mistakes, but sometimes we feel like they're fatal or, you know, we can't come back from them or, um, especially with our careers wondering, Oh, you know, I didn't do this or I went down this road road or, and, and, um, I don't know, not losing hope and realizing that, you know, there is a way maybe back from it. Yeah. You know, I've obviously I've invested in ideas that
1: haven't paid off where I've lost money. I've, I've taken on, um, partners before thinking that I couldn't do it on my own and that I needed this other person. Mm -hmm. And, and some of those have been experiences where I've been burned, um, and have not gone well. And I've wished that I just trusted myself more and my abilities and, and my gut, um, because I've let other people who are experts tell me things that I should do. And, and then it has not been the right decision and I knew it, but I didn't listen to my gut. And I really, and this is the other reason that I, I don't like coaches who want to talk too much. I really believe that each of us are Uh entitled to this inner guidance of our journey And you you are the only one entitled to those answers about your life. And so you don't want someone who's gonna tell you what they think you should do. You want someone who will help you gain information and research, and then you've gotta learn how to listen to your inner GPS, I call it, that is gonna guide you to your right path. And that answer for you will be there. There it there is a direction that's right for you. You've got to just trust yourself and listen to it.
0: So I want to switch gears now and talk to you for a minute about making new year's resolutions. And this was, um, one of the main reasons that I wanted to have you on the podcast, because as the year was turning and I was recovering from COVID and thinking about, making goals for the new year I just suddenly was like I don't want to do that I don't feel motivated to do that I don't I feel like we have this gray cloud hanging over us and you know this has been a rough maybe there are people that just are are thrilled to jump into goals for this year and I'm I'm just the odd one but um, I think a lot of us are dealing with some really hard things right now I mean Either we've been sick, or we've lost a job, or we've even lost a loved one, which is a worst-case scenario. Um, You know, even if that, those things haven't happened to us, we're social distancing, we're wearing masks, we may be homeschooling, there's just so much happening right now. Is it wise to try to set goals for ourselves when we're just weary with pandemic fatigue? It would be if you're doing it just
1: because it's January and you feel like you should be, um, then you're doing it for the wrong reason. I, I want my clients to, to listen to what their, their heart, their gut is, is telling them. Is there a change that you know and you already know if it's a change that, you're, that is the right thing for you to be working on right now? You might not be doing it because you might be afraid of failing. You might be afraid of, of loss and, and what you'll give up if you go for that. You, you probably have fear stopping you, but I'll bet you already know the change that would be good for you this year. And so it, if that's showing up for you, then I think you should definitely listen But I don't think right now with all the stress and everything that you need to add this pressure that I should be setting these big goals or doing something if it's being influenced from outside of you. Does that make sense?
0: Totally. Well, and I think like maybe there are people who are wondering, how do I get myself motivated to adopt a good uh, you know, good eating habits, or to get healthy, to exercise, to get good sleep. You know, we may have let some of those things go with mm-hmm. quarantine, <laughs> and and we're saying, you know, and maybe you could say, well, that's that's outside pressure, but you know, maybe deep down, you're like, I really am not healthy. I feel like I need to make that change. I just don't know if I have the inner the inner energy to do it, and Um, I'm just wondering if we, if we kind of give in and say, uh, you know, let's just not worry about it until COVID's
1: over. Well, as long as you're saying, I need to do this. I I should be doing this. I ought to be doing this. Those are all the wrong words. What you're telling me is you don't want to do it. You're doing it out of obligation Mm. or a sense of, you know, should, and, and that's not motivating. You will follow the same path that we all do where you... Guilt manipulate yourself into starting and then your heart's not in it. So you don't stick to it. That's why that pattern doesn't work. Don't do it unless you can come up with a love motivated reason to want
0: to do it. And how does that, how does that change the dynamic? How does being motivated by a lot, like a love yeah, well, self, Like is eating healthy.
1: Saying? Why, why do you feel like you, you're, you, you want that. Is it just because Mm -hmm. your doctor will stop giving you crap and maybe you'll lose weight. Other people will think you look better that those are, those are not love reasons. A love reason to change your diet is that you want to feel good and have the energy and be healthy and live a happier, stronger, better life. Do it for you and then go out and find healthy recipes that are delicious, that you love to eat, and learn how to make them and make it a joyful thing that you want to do. If exercise is what you feel like you want, then I think you better go out and find a form of exercise that you love. So it's not a I gotta make myself go run. and I hate it go ice skating, (laughs) go to something that you love to do. That's not a chore. It's a treat and you'll stick to it, but you've got to be love motivated, not obligation
0: motivated or forget it. Don't even start because your heart's not in it. I love that. Yes. I totally love that distinction because I do think often we do guilt ourselves into, you know, oh, I have really got to start that program. I really got to start this or that. And you're right. It just peters out and you don't stay, you don't. Yeah. Stay with and I would it. also
1: say, start really small. Like people want to completely change their diet overnight. How about you just give mm-hmm. up like one thing this month and you work on, you know, that one food that that you, you feel like, you would be healthier and happier if you didn't eat or, and you replace it with something else that's healthy, but you love having and, and you make that small change at a time. And then you you have yes. some successes and you you build enthusiasm for it as you have small wins instead of trying this drastic thing that you can't really do and you're going to fail.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely love that and believe that is so true um so this is just a a final question kim i so appreciate you being on and i'm wondering you know what what does hope look like for us in this coming year what can we do to maintain our hope and not get our maybe our expectations too high but at the same time as we're all kind of tired of the situation what do we do to to create hope well I have to tell you, I learned this
1: powerful lesson a couple years ago. I found out I was going to have to have open heart surgery and it was going to be, it was going to be really hard. It was, it was gnarly and I was just dreading it. Oh my gosh. And I, I had a friend who had a couple years before had the same surgery. And so I asked him if he could talk to me about it. And he comes over and he starts telling me, it was the most amazing experience. It was beautiful. It was incredible. It was such a blessing in my life to have this experience. And I'm like, I I can't even get my head around this, like your your attitude. And he's like, yeah, I just decided from the beginning, if I was going to have this experience, I was going to have it be amazing. And I've had that thought this whole year because yeah, we've lost a lot and things aren't normal and, and there's things we, we don't get to do that we wish we could do. But there's been blessings in it, you guys. There's been more time to do other things. And, and it's made us realize the, the power of connection in our life and the people that we care about. And I think we will look back on this and realize it was a blessing in disguise. But it's all about your attitude, how you're going to experience it. And, and yeah, 2021, the, cha- the, the pandemic may keep going for a while. We may still be in it. So how could you decide that you're going to see the blessings every day in it? You're going to look for it you're going to have that attitude because you, this is 90% what you make it.
0: Right. And having gratitude mm-hmm. along the way, like you say, I think that's so important. Kim, thank you so much for spending your time sharing your career path and your career story and, and also your wonderful advice. You're so welcome. I really appreciate Thanks for it. having
1: me, Andrea. Anytime.
0: Thanks for joining me today on Career Chat. Any links we talked about will be in the episode notes. You can find me on Instagram at Career Chat Pod. And if you like this episode, please leave me a review on Apple Podcast. See you next time.